Well, I'm really excited to uh, let you know about some of the things that God did during the week. Um, as you can see, there's a few people here that all have the same shirt on as me. That's our uh, that's our team that went. The 18 people that uh, that went on the trip, um, and uh, it was such an exciting uh, week. It was a tiring week. It was an exhausting week, um, but it was also just uh, just incredible. This was the first adult missions trip that we've been able to do um, as a church, as uh, for Connect Church, and it will not be our last. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, and as we start. Every time we talk about missions, we have to start with what Jesus said as part of the Great Commission and to the why behind the what. I'm, I'm really big about the why behind the what. You guys hear me say that all the time. And, and this verse is, is that, the vision for why we do missions and why we're doing the things that we're doing. Jesus says this right before his ascension. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And as we know, that saying, start at home and work your way out. And this trip is about working our way out to the ends of the earth and being witnesses for Jesus and whatever that can look like for us um, and whatever opportunities he puts in our way for us to take advantage of those for the kingdom of God. And so as, as we get into the trip, I, I have to start with some thank yous. Uh, because everyone is a part of this, of this trip. Everyone is a part of the mission. Like it says in Acts 4.32, it says they shared everything. And, you know, it, as a church family, like you all shared your family. You shared your friends. You shared your prayers. You shared your, your money, your finances to help make this happen. So I have to say thank you to our church family. I have to say thank you to Chris and Paula McNutt, our missionaries in Guatemala and Hope of Life. They were incredible hosts. Um, and just amazing people. Uh, I have to thank our missions leadership team and our spiritual leadership team for trusting me to do a trip like this uh, for our church family, for providing the resources and, and, and the means to do it, for the prayers and support. It was well, well worth it. Uh, so thank you. And then, of course, we have to thank the Lord and praise the Lord for whom it was all for, uh, for the opportunity, the connections, the protection, the provision through it all, uh, because we certainly, uh, certainly needed it and felt it. So let me give you a quick snapshot of our week, if, if I can, um, very quickly. The, uh, the week started with um, what I'm going to say is not uh, a great and ideal travel itinerary uh, because um, we had to be in Cleveland at 3 in the morning. Uh, our flight took off at 5.30, so of course you have to be there a couple hours before. So we're there at 3.30 in the morning, which amounted to a 16-hour travel day to get there, um, which was... Um, it was not great. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, it, nothing went bad on the travel, but it was two and a half hours to Miami, then a layover there, then two and a half hours to Guatemala City, then a three and a half hour bus ride to Hope of Life through the mountains. And you know when you're driving through the mountains and, and you're like, boy, I can't wait till we get out of the mountains. That never happened. We never got out of the mountains. I joked to Chris. I said, I think the, the flattest part of Guatemala is actually the runway that we landed on because everything was mountains. It was all mountains um, everywhere and everywhere you looked, which made for amazing landscapes and pictures and God's creation, but, but good grief. So it amounted to a 16-hour travel day. 
arrived at the Hope of Life facility, uh, which is essentially a 3,000-acre complex in the mountains of Llano Verde, uh, Guatemala, started over 30 years ago and is really well-supported worldwide. Um, but they, they do all kinds of things for the community. The guy that started it um, really wanted to give back and improve the country that he was from and, and the area that he was from. He was from Llano Verde, and so he planted this right there. And I would go as far as to say that community in, that, in the surrounding area would not really exist or even be able to function without hope of life being there. Um, they do things from water wells to homes to vocational schools to churches. Um, just a few of the ways that, that they build and in investing in these communities. Faith-based, absolutely. Helping hundreds of orphans that are on property, dozens of special needs kids, uh, hundreds of elderly individuals that, that are living there calling Hope of Life home who would be nowhere if it wasn't for Hope of Life. The facilities that we uh, got to stay in uh, were, were pretty nice, actually, and they were built uh, on Hope of Life property specifically for missions teams to come down and stay at so that, they had, uh, so that the mission team has a nice place to stay and relax um, as they go out each day and do the hard work, and, and it certainly was. So it was nice to have a good, a good place to, to stay and relax. One of the two places that we had air conditioning was in our rooms and in the bus that we traveled in. Um, the rest of the time, it was just nonstop sweating, and, uh, and it was hot. Um, and the, uh, yeah, I think the, the humidity was uh, a million. Um, we, attended, we attended a local church um, there. It was an outdoor church um, that, was, that was an awesome thing. There were like 20 or 30 orphans that were already there from Hope of Life when, when we arrived, and it, it was an awesome thing. And then uh, Monday morning, uh, we got up and had breakfast. We had our devotional and then we had breakfast and then uh, we went right to, the, to start working on the house that you all helped uh, to finance and, and pay for and all of that. And uh, some of the house had already been built when we got there because the local contractors had already uh, started. They got a little bit of a, a, a jump on us. And so some of the walls were up and things like that. And essentially we were the grunts for the local contractors, which was great. Because um, Jay went to art school. You don't need me building your house. I don't know what to do, right? So, but we get there, and if you're going to build a house, and they tell you, you get eight to ten shovels, one wheelbarrow, some buckets, uh, concrete mix, and some concrete blocks. That's it. That's all we had. That's all that was there to build this house. And so we're helping the local contractors and doing things and taking buckets and buckets and buckets and 10 more buckets of concrete uh, and back and forth and, and all kinds of different things like that. Mixing concrete in an area that's probably as big as what I'm standing, eight of us around just shoveling concrete on the ground and mixing it almost like you would bread dough, right? And then putting it in buckets and taking it up to the house and pouring it as the floor, going and getting a concrete block from a couple of miles away and loading 301 blocks onto the, uh, you know, onto the truck that was there and, and all of that. And so it, it was just that kind of stuff in, in the mountains of Guatemala with no clouds the first day. We remember that. And, um, and so that was our morning. And then the afternoon, we'd go back to Hope of Life for lunch. And then the afternoon, uh, we would go to the, to the village that Chris and Paula have basically adopted and uh, that they live like right in. And there's a school there that's, uh, that's fairly new and then a church that was brand new. Uh, the electric had just been turned on a couple, uh, a couple of 
And so half of the team was painting uh, the school. And then the other half of the team was running a VBS for the kids that were there. And it was awesome because by about the second day, the kids just, you just couldn't help but fall in love with them. And you're going to hear about that. Um, and and as, as our bus is pulling up, we're getting out and you see 30, 40 kids sprinting from the village, like to the church and just, Jenna, Lizzie, and screaming everybody's name as they're running up and all of that. And it, it was just such an awesome thing because the, they were just so, like the, the people of Guatemala are just so easy to love. Um, but uh, during uh, part of the week as well, we actually had um, some of the team take... Uh, take some time and go over to a warehouse that's on property at Hope of Life, and they packed some meals, similar to the uh, Feed My Starving Children, if you've ever helped, uh, helped us with that. So it was packing meals, but here was the difference. You pack meals at a, at a meal pack thing like that around here, you're not really sure where that's going out to. Our team packed nearly 9,100 meals, and those meals were sent out and distributed right away to the surrounding areas because it was needed. Um, right then and there. Uh, and then uh, a little sidebar, you might have seen me and, uh, and Sam painting a logo on the side of a building. We were painting uh, for the Canasta shop, which they, um, it's something that they, that Paula set up there to help make some money for them. And uh, Chris asked me, hey, do you, do you know any way that we could get the logo like on the side of the building that we have for the Canasta shop? And I'm like, yeah, I know a guy. So, <laughs> so Sam and I did that. And uh, and it was cool. And if, if you want to buy a really cool purse, I can give you a, a link for that because uh, they're awesome and, uh, and it really supports what they're doing down there. Um, but that was basically every day from eight to six was that. Um, and then we'd have dinner and relax at Hope of Life. And, um, and then in the evening, sometimes we'd walk down to the local village and hang out with the, with the uh, local people that were there that we started to get to know. Uh, but by Friday, the house was done, and uh, we, we were ready to dedicate it, um, which is incredible to build a whole house in a week, by the way. It was just like the contractors were like, that's not us. That's the contractors. They were, they were amazing. Uh, but we wrapped up the other projects. We finished the VBSs, said the tearful goodbyes, which were tearful. Um, and then Friday evening, we did a youth service uh, at the church, which ended up really being kind of the first actual church service that happened um, in that church, which was awesome. And, I, and Chris and I got to preach together, which is something I'll never forget. It was, uh, it was an honor. And I've never uh, preached with a translator, and that was interesting. Um, but uh, but the, we did some games and some worship with the team that, that you saw here. Um, got to share a little bit. And, you know, I could share a whole lot more. Um, but I'd rather you hear from some members of the team. So I, we've got four people on the team that are going to come up and share. And I'd like to ask them to come up at, at this time right now. And I want you to hear some stories from actual members of the team. Because with this being an adult missions trip, we really had um, a lot. Uh, we, we had kind of a generational um, you know, it, it covered all generations, and, and it, was, it was really cool to see. So uh, I'd like to start with Joe, and uh, have you hear from them. As Jay said, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank everyone because your generosity and prayerful support make these things happen. Um, this was my first mission trip, so um, I was sort of the old guy. Uh, on the trip, which which was an honor, I I I loved it, um, and and you know Jay asked us uh, to think about what our expectations were. What 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 do you plan to get out of this trip? And it was my first trip, so I, I didn't have any idea what would be going on. Um, 
I can tell you, though, that I've got 17 new friends that uh, we gelled together pretty quickly, and uh, I feel very close to all of these guys, and they all worked very hard. Each morning, uh, we had devotions, and uh, as part of that, Jay gave all of us a journal, and then a few minutes after the, the devotions to sit down and, and, and think about and write down in the journal what your thoughts and objectives and expectations were. And it helped me to, to uh, develop an expectation. Um, and that was to um, further my desire to be of service to others. There are so many people that have so little that need so much. Um, and we here have the ability to do that. Uh, and in addition to view everything through a Christ-like lens to, to try to take what, the, the position of Christ as we think about our daily lives. Jay mentioned we stayed at Hope of Life, uh, Hope of Life Missions, which was amazing. And the work that they do and, and the food and the education and the supplies. Um, Jay said earlier that this village, we wouldn't have any idea how it would exist without, without hope of life. Um, they also operate uh, facilities for severely handicapped children and adults. They're two separate facilities, but they're right next to one another. And... Um, the thought came to me uh, as I was thinking through my expectations here uh, and what was God saying to me and, and, and what he said to me was here are people that have absolutely nothing, cannot provide for themselves, can't take care of themselves. They depend on others for everything, everything all day long. Yet, when we walked in, big smiles on their faces and hugs and, and I just thought, you know, that's what God is teaching me here, is that I need to do more for other people. I need to be of service uh, to others. And um, it, it, that's, that was my takeaway, was just, come on, Joe. You've been around a long time. Get in gear and, and start helping other people. Um, we worked hard. Uh, it was hot. Um, uh, but the, one of the amazing things was the... the just the welcoming, honest, loving attitude of, of the Guatemalan people, both the kids and the adults. It was just amazing. On the construction site, could you ju just imagine for a moment here in America that 18 people with no skill sets show up on a construction site and say, we're here to help. You know, I mean, they just, I just can't imagine what would happen. I'm sure there are some construction guys in here and you'd, you'd think, yeah, no thanks. But... Um, <laughs> Um, uh, and, and the grace and respect of the Guatemalan people was humbling and, and strengthened my face, my faith. Uh, so we read in Colossians 3.17, and wherever you, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I would encourage every one of you to continue to support missions and on the next adult mission trip go and it doesn't matter whether you're I don't know 19 or older uh, <laughs> there's a lot you can do and uh, so I appreciate your support and and your help and it was it was just an amazing trip thank you
Good morning. My name is Kathy. It was 2 a.m. when I walked through my door and into my home. I just stood there with tears in my eyes and looked around for a minute, thankful to be home and grateful for all that I have. But at the same time, I felt a little guilty for having all of these things. I thought to myself, why do I have so much stuff? I mean, it's just stuff. I just spent a whole week in Guatemala with a village full of people that have so little and they seem so happy, thankful to have, thankful for what little they do have. Eighteen of us went on this mission to build a home, a really simple home, paint a school and spread the word and love of God. The smiles and genuine love and gratitude was overwhelming and something I won't forget. The kids were amazing, a lot of fun. Sunday morning church, walking in, there was this little girl that turned around and she looked at me, so I smiled at her, and she smiled back, and then she pointed to an empty chair behind her to sit, so I did. We laughed and took turns drawing pictures. Then we started drawing on each other's hand, our names with hearts, we colored them, and she wrote, Te amo, which means I love you. That melted my heart, along with watching this random dog that just kind of wandered into church and stopped right next to Evan to give and receive some needed love. I'm an animal nurse, been doing it for a long time, so that simple gesture kind of made me tear up a little bit. Um, Paula helped me that trip um, remove like 30, 40 from this little puppy. I wanted to bring it home, but it stayed. Um, together, we have maybe saved that little dog's life. I gave the family my tweezers so they can continue to remove ticks properly, and we dewormed three of their dogs that were there. Uh, simple care for our pets that we just take for granted. God showed me so many things that week. Uh, love, giving, and just a little more patience. Most of all, my family just got bigger by like 18 people. So my cup runneth over that week. I encourage anyone to consider joining us on our next mission to Guatemala. You won't regret it. And a big, huge thank you to my family, my friends, and my church family for all the support and prayers that were sent our way. It was really appreciated. Thank you. doesn't know me my name is Josh now before I talk about my experience on our trip I just want to say that a year ago I would have never thought about going on a missions trip the thought about taking a week off work and saving up money I could have used for a vacation to work for a week in a foreign country just did not compute in my mind within this last year I have had the worst things of my life happen to me and during this time it made me realize how much closer I needed to grow to God Without him, I would not have made it through this past year. With that being said, on this trip, I fully expected God to show me him the true meaning of patience. This and anger are two things I have always struggled with. How he showed me patience was more than I expected. The people of Guatemala are probably the most kind people I've ever met. They are so grateful for everything they get, especially the things we take for granted in our country. Us in this country worry about the latest phone, video game, 
what concert to go to, our next vacation, etc. While down there, the average person makes about 10 to $15 a day. They focus so much on family, and something as little as a soccer ball or frisbee will bring the biggest smile to a kid's face. As for the adults, they too can live much simpler lives, and they are way happier because of it. This trip humbled me so much by all the love and joy experienced down there, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. It showed me how little we really need in order to be want to come back by the end of the week. I got the opportunity to play soccer with the kids, help build a house, help paint a school, and be part of a youth service held for the older kids. I grew bonds with people down there that have continued since being back, with the help of Google Translate, of course. I watched as every single person in our group reached someone in a different way to leave a lasting impact on their lives for the better. I can say with full confidence that not a single person in our group came back home unchanged. Going on this trip, I expected to be helping the people of Guatemala, but honestly, they helped me just as much, if not more. Every person on this trip was on this mission on purpose. It was God's purpose. We were constantly pushed to look within ourselves and remember why we were there in order for God to work through us. From seeing the smiling faces of the elderly at the nursing home, to the home where they cared for the disabled, to all the projects we worked on, and just simply playing with the kids and talking to the people of the village, this was just a truly eye-opening experience that is hard to put into words, especially in a short a lot of time. I can honestly say that I did not expect God to work in the ways he did within me. I came back home wanting to continue this mission, and I still feel that way. I feel like going on one of these trips is a must for anyone that has even the most remote thought of it. Just go for it. What do you have to lose? I would like to thank everyone for their support and anyone who helped fund this trip and or helped make this all possible. You're all truly amazing. Hello, um, my name is Jenna, and I'm very excited to be able to share a bit of my story of my time in Guatemala. Um, my expectations for this trip started from a place of anticipation because I've been hoping for this opportunity for a couple of years now. Um, my expectations were also a bit different than the other people on this trip because Chris and Paula are my aunt and uncle. And then one of the driving forces for me to go on this trip was my grandfather, Calvin McNutt, who had made the trip many times before me and touched so many people along the way. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but he inspired me to continue the amazing work that he, Chris, and Paula have started there. And he also told me to expect the unexpected if I ever got to go myself. Of course, I wasn't entirely sure what would happen, and I just figured we would do some hard work, meet amazing people, and come back home changed. And of course, all of those things did happen. But my grandpa was 100% correct, and even though he said this to me, I never would have imagined the profound life change that happened to all of us along the way. Um, during the week, I was able to be a part of Vacation Bible School, and I wasn't sure how the children would like it, especially with a language barrier in the way. Um, but each day, we sang songs, played games, did a craft, and had a Bible lesson. Chris told us that all we needed to do was smile at the children, and we would immediately become best friends. Um, I thought to myself that it could never be that easy, because if I did that in America, I'd probably get some weird looks. Um, but I was quickly proven wrong. All I had to do was smile, and I used what little bit of Spanish that I knew to talk to them. They were so happy that we were there for them, and we got closer each day. During VBS, we talked about how much God loves us, and I feel that this really resonated with the kids. Um, you could see how much love they had for each other, 
for their community and even for us. They made an effort to learn all of our names. Uh, they taught us their favorite songs and their little secret handshakes, and they made us laugh every single day. Uh, they were excited to learn about God, and the life change that happened from VVS was evident in each and every child. What God showed me through this week was unlike anything I expected. He showed me the impact that my own personal family has left on the community and the legacy that my church family left that I'm lucky enough to say I was a part of. He showed me that there is joy in the simple things, and even though I thought I would just be impacting everyone down there, those kids loved me in ways that I didn't even know I needed to be loved. And though I never got to go on a trip with my grandfather, I am grateful that I was able to continue the legacy that he left there and see the impact that Chris and Paula have on them every single day. And finally, there's people that I would like to thank. My family and all of you, my church family, for the support and prayers through this trip. Everyone that came on this trip with me because you all changed my life in more ways than I could say. Um, Hope of Life and Chris and Paula for being a wonderful vessel for us throughout this week and anyone who had a hand in making this trip possible. I encourage you to ask anyone in a blue shirt about their stories because there are so many good ones. And if God lays it on your heart, be a part of the next trip. Thank you. Like Jenna said, everybody on this trip has, has a story um, to share. And, and I hope that you get the chance to, to talk to them and, and find out some Turn to uh, John chapter 17 just for, just for a minute. Um, and I want to I read this passage here, and then we're going we're gonna to go into it for just a minute. It says this. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one that you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought you glory, or I brought, brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory that we shared before the world began. So this was a passage that, as a team, we worked through together uh, during the week in our devotions uh, in the mornings. We worked through um, John 17, and, and, and we kind of went through each, each verse uh, kind of a day at a time. And, and, and each day, I asked the team a, kind of a big question for the day that was in their, in their journals um, to be able to, to sort of contemplate and what the Lord's showing them there, but also hopefully set the tone for the day. And I want to ask you to contemplate one of these questions as well. And here's the question. Have you done all that he has asked? Not just this week, but in your life. What is holding you back? Have you done all that he's asked? See, Jesus did everything that was asked, if you will. And this is him kind of pouring his heart out to God before the crucifixion was to happen. Now, what this doesn't mean, what I hope you're not hearing from this, is that if you didn't go on this trip, that you haven't done all that he asked. That's not what I'm saying. Not at all. See, disciples live for Jesus right where they are, as we've been talking about. And so kind of the question is, are you? Are you living for Jesus right where you are? See, on a trip like this, you're, you're focused on the mission every day, on every missions trip you are. You're focused on the mission every single day, but what about this afternoon? 
Because all day, every day in Guatemala, this is all we thought about was the mission. But you're here, you're going home in, in just a few minutes. What about this afternoon? What about tomorrow after lunch? And then what's holding you back? What's holding you back? I, I think for me, and I'd be willing to bet that, our, that the team would echo this as well, the answer to this question, what's been holding you back from doing all that the Lord's been asking? It would be myself and my selfishness. See, going to a place like Guatemala, seeing their normal as opposed to our normal, you realize how much we are blessed. But also, how much we have to give. Colossians chapter 3 was another passage that we worked through during the week because you'd be amazed how much actually John 17 and Colossians 3 actually kind of correlate. Beginning in verse 12, it says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. You know, answering the big question that I'm asking, you know, in terms of holding you back and have you done all that he's done, really begins to answer that, begins with applying the characteristics and, and, and the attributes that are listed here in verse 12, where it talks about, tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. You know, I can't help but think of Chris's dad, Calvin. Calvin McNutt, when I think about this description, because if I were to describe him, for those of you that knew him, many of you probably didn't, but if I were to describe him, I would use the words in, in verse 12 there, because he really was tender-hearted, full of mercy, full of humility, kindness, gentleness, and patience. Uh, this, is, uh, this picture right here is the last picture that Chris has with his dad. And it was in Guatemala, up on top of a mountain. And if you don't know, Calvin, uh, he, was, he was a charter member right here. This is Calvin. He was a charter member of Connect Church. Um, it was his dream for the church to send a group down to Guatemala on a missions trip and to serve with his son. Now for me, Calvin, Calvin McNutt is a giant of the faith to me. One of the rare people, there's only a handful of people that I can say this about, that you can really, really say this about. He's one of the people that I would say Connect Church would not exist without. And while he didn't get to go on this trip because he passed away in 2019, and I remember, whether you know this or not, actually the very first service we had in this building, in this room, was Calvin's funeral before this room was actually even done. We had just put the carpet in the day before. He didn't get to go, but you know what? We're standing on his shoulders. We're standing on his shoulders right now and getting to go uh, with Chris and Paula and Jenna to that spot on the mountain, to that very spot right there as they spread his ashes. And this was that moment. And I got the, what an amazing gift. I got to take this picture and be there when they spread his ashes. There was a very real sense of God moving in that moment. 
And while in one way Calvin's prayer was answered and complete, um, in another the Lord was starting something new. And I can't wait to see what that ends up being. Psalm 78 verse 4 says this, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Calvin certainly did that. And you know, as disciples, we have a responsibility to pass on what the Lord has done. It's like Calvin passed that on to Chris and Chris took, took up the calling from God on his life, which ended up trickling down in so many ways to all of us. We have a responsibility to pass on what the Lord has done, what he has shown us, what he has taught us from generation to generation. And that's all of us. See, much of the theme of this trip was actually about generations. It was just spilled all over it. Not just, not just blood generations. Yes, that was there, of course. But many of the, the dads on this trip, we, we talked and spoke over and over about what we're going to pass on to our kids that we learned in this trip and, and how they couldn't wait for their kids to be able to go on a trip like this and to serve on a trip like this in the future. Some of my most cherished memories personally from the trip actually have to do with the life change I saw happen in our team. Um, some of the moments that the Lord gave me that they don't even realize to be able to see things and see life change happen and the times where I got to pour into some of the younger members and, and some of the, the other people on the trip poured into me even whether they realized it or not. See, the whole church family was involved because there was a very real sense while we were there of all of you right there along with us. And I'm not just saying that. Like, it's the truth. You were. Being able to, to complete and dedicate the house, um, it very much felt like the church family was right there with us as we were praying over that house and they were cutting that ribbon. This is the, the dedication right here. And uh, that's Marvin and Brenda and their son, Matthew. And you want to talk about generations. See, we prayed over them. It was a great thing. Marvin is seeing the hand of God. He's, he still hasn't come to the Lord yet. But Chris said he's really close. And, and being able to, to have conversations with him and, and seeing a team come from America to build a house for him and just literally hand it to him has made a huge impact on him. And, and the thing is, this house... Well, it's only three rooms, it's gonna be in their family for generations because that's just how things work there. Matthew's gonna grow up in this house and probably end up being a grandfather in that house with his family. It's a legacy. Earlier in the week, Chris uh, introduced me to a student uh, named Angel. It was, it was right at the beginning of the week when we got there, or on hell. Um, and he's actually Marvin's younger brother. Um, Marvin, the, the, the guy who's now owning this house. It's, it's his younger brother. He's a teenager. Chris and Paula, they don't have any biological children, but they have a ton of children down in Guatemala. And I remember Chris looking at me and the very first day, pointing at him, he's like, you see him? And I think we called him Rocket Leg because he could kick a soccer ball like a rocket. And, uh, and he, Chris said, that's, that's my son said, I've known him since he was like eight or nine and been praying for him, and he still hasn't come to know Jesus. And he's still not saved. And you know what? During the youth night, 
Chris and I got to preach together. If you'd go to the next picture for me. This is the youth night. And uh, right here by Joe, that's, that's Angel. And, uh, and that night, at, at the end of the, of the message, which was short, um, I gave the gospel. I gave an opportunity for people to be saved. And, and, and the way that I did it with students, I had everyone bow their heads. And I said, if you want to know more about coming to know Jesus, to just look me in the eye. Just look up. Just look me in the eye. And then Chris translated that. And then I just whispered to Chris. I said, why don't you take it from here? Because it was going back and forth from English to Spanish. And it was, it was tough. And it was, and it was kind of time to just sort of let it just be Spanish. And, and so Chris took it from there and just reiterated some things and, and kept talking for a minute. And everybody's heads bowed. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was sitting there praying. Angel looked up. He looked up right at Chris. And that broke his heart, but also filled his heart because it's opened up conversation. And I asked Chris this past week, because he was here this past week. Fortunately, he had to fly back uh, yesterday or he would have been here. And uh, he said that it's opened up conversation with Angel, that he hasn't quite made the decision yet, but he's so close. He goes, but I'm not gonna push him, Jay. He's gotta make the decision for himself. And I would say that for you as well. If you haven't made that decision, you have to make that decision for yourself because there's an open door there and it began with a legacy that was built. And so my connection point for you, my question for you to think about from everything that, that you've heard and you've seen, what legacy is the Lord building through you today? The word legacy, to define it, is the long-lasting impact of particular events or actions. This trip will have, has had, a long-lasting impact because of the particular events and actions. What you do today can impact your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. You've seen proof of that. Don't believe for a minute that the impact you have on someone today could not make a generational impact because it can, for good or for bad, for the kingdom or not. And the legacy is not done. Chris's prayer, he told us this a couple of times. Chris said, Jay, my, my prayer, when, I, when he came down to Guatemala for the first time, he said, I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, Break my heart for what breaks yours. And that's a dangerous prayer to pray. Because he did. Chris had no intent of being a missionary down in Guatemala. Any more than I had the intent of being a pastor right here, right now. But he was just willing to ask the Lord to break his heart for what breaks his. And he did. And you know what? We should all pray that prayer sincerely to see what the Lord shows us. And the answer might be stay right where you are and make an impact right where you are. But it may not be. It may be jump on the next trip to Guatemala and see what happens. See, the legacy is not done. This trip was the first of many to come. And I hope that the next time this trip comes around or a trip comes around that you'll consider joining us next time. But it doesn't have to be to Guatemala. I hope that you'll consider joining us the next time we do something with the community missions team. We're actually going to be starting a house with Habitat for Humanity in two weeks. First week of, of October, we're going to be part of a house build. 
So if you want to be a part of that, sign up for the community missions team. You'll, you'll get a notification about that. We can impact the next generation for Christ right here, right now, and we should be. You have an influence somewhere that has a generational impact for disciples who make disciples. You have the opportunity to do that. And what you do for the Lord can and will build a legacy that's going to make an impact for generations to come if, if you will remove whatever is holding you back. And it might take you going to Guatemala or something along those lines to figure out what needs to be removed. Because I can say that for some of us, maybe we didn't even realize that we had something that was blocking that needed to be removed until we were completely out of our comfort zone in country and language. <laughs> but will you remove whatever it is that's holding you back and do your best to do all that he asks? Will you bow your heads with me? Maybe the first thing you need to do is to put your faith in Jesus. And so I want to give you the same opportunity that we gave in Guatemala. God created you to be with him. He wants to have a relationship with you. He, he wants so much more for you than you can even imagine. But it begins with a relationship with him and surrendering to him and putting your trust in him and believing he is who he said he was. And if you want to know more, if, you want, if, if you're not sure that you're going to be with him in heaven one day, I'm going to ask you the same thing that we asked those down in Guatemala. Would you just be willing to look me right in the eye if you don't know for sure? If you want to have a conversation about that, nobody will embarrass you. Nobody's going to come grab you or anything like that. It'll just be between me and you and the Lord. And we can pray and we can have that conversation. I'd love to show you. We've got people around here that would love to show you. We got 18 people in, in, in shirts that would love to show you. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for calling us to more. I thank you for the legacy that we have the privilege to be a part of in you but also the legacy that we have a privilege to be a part of here through this church and to build into generations to come. God, we thank you for what you've shown us today and I pray that whatever it is that might be holding any of us back, Lord, that we do whatever we gotta do to remove that. Truly say that we're doing whatever you've asked, whatever that might look like. Lord, if there is someone here, someone watching online that doesn't know you as savior, somebody who's who's just looking anywhere and everywhere for, for answers that aren't you, I pray that maybe today your Holy Spirit would speak to them in, in just such a powerful way. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name.